Hey, you're listening to episode six of the Good Girl Gone Omad podcast. Thank you all so much for such a warm, welcoming response so far. I've gotten such an amazing interest in my podcast and I'm so happy. And a lot of you have been riding with me each and every episode and I am so grateful. So not too long ago, I asked you guys, what should my next episode be? Should it be story-based or fact-based? And surprisingly, I got back a resounding story-based response. And I'm just impressed that you guys want to hear my story. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Since I launched, I've been getting a lot of questions about what exactly I'm doing. It's not a secret, but I thought it would be a good idea for me to come out from behind the curtain a little bit and share with you all my personal journey with intermittent fasting. I'm going to talk to you about how I got started, how I overcame some of the biggest hurdles, and how I incorporate intermittent fasting into my daily, often hectic, often busy schedule. So stay tuned. If you've been watching what I've been sharing on Instagram over the last few weeks, you may realize that I'm a student at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. This program can be completed anywhere in the world, and the curriculum is accessible to me 24-7 through the app. Even though I lead with intermittent fasting as my focus, I want to be knowledgeable about the cutting edge and nutrition concepts along with modern health issues. I learn from some of the most distinguished medical doctors, researchers, and authorities in the industry today. The mission of IIN is to play a crucial role in improving health and happiness, and through that process, create a ripple effect that transforms the world. Its unique nutrition philosophy takes a holistic approach to wellness and encourages students to consider relationships, work, exercise, and spirituality as essential to building good health. With Integrative Nutrition's innovative learning model, you can be empowered to build a thriving health coaching practice, transform your own health and nutrition, and change the world. Are you just as passionate about this industry as I am? Go ahead and send me your email and I'll actually send you more information about IIN, a program catalog, and even a sample class to see if it's right for you. I'm sure that a lot of you might think of Gandhi when you think about intermittent fasting. You don't have to be a political activist in order to fast, but when I started, it sure felt like it. Before starting this journey, I thought I was gearing up for one of the most drastic challenges of my life. I thought I was going to become emaciated like Gandhi, but that is far from what actually happens. Allow me to share with you my journey with intermittent fasting and my exact method of intermittent fasting that's responsible for the results you see on my website. As a mom, wife, business owner, career woman, there were days I would go hours without eating and not even think about food. I'm sure a lot of us share 
very similar roles, whether you are a mom, a wife, a student, a business owner, whatever the case may be, we all have hefty responsibilities. We can get so caught up in life that we can go hours without eating sometimes because we're so distracted and we're so busy. And most of us really stay in go mode. I mean, unless we're sleeping and some of us don't even enter that deep REM sleep, we're in go mode, taking care of the kids, working our job, managing schedules, making appointments, but not eating throughout that time is not what intermittent fasting is. I'm sorry, forgetting to eat is not the same thing as being diligent about not consuming food. Intermittent fasting is a mindful way of going without food for a determined period of time. My very first encounter with the word fasting started off with people telling me that I was starving myself. Seriously. See, before my intermittent fasting journey, a typical day for me looked like this. You ready? Okay, try to keep up. At 5.30 a.m., I'm up. I'm awake. I get myself ready for work. Start to get my daughter ready for school, right? Around 8 a.m., I get to work. I drink my coffee. And that's really my only morning meal. And around 11.30 is when I start to get hungry and I eat my lunch. About 1 o'clock, I'm probably entering a meeting and I get a snack. About three o'clock, there's another meeting and I eat a snack before that one. At five o'clock, I'm out the door from work, leave work, go pick up my daughter. I get to her school about six o'clock. From six o'clock, seven o'clock, I arrive at the gym so I can get a workout in. And around nine o'clock, I get home, I shower, um, start to pack my stuff for the next day, get everything ready. Next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock-ish. And I'm too tired to even make myself something to eat. So I grab some popcorn, a muffin, some grapes, and I watch TV until I fall asleep at about 1 a.m. I was snacking throughout the day, even at night, in bed, falling asleep, in the car, on the road, in a meeting. Like I was literally always snacking. But I would have never classified myself as an overeater, right? I was just somebody who liked handfuls of food wherever I was. <laughs> and I would explain my schedule to a few professional trainers and nutritionists. And the first thing that they would tell me is, you're not eating enough. Like they recommended that as soon as I wake up, I needed to eat in order to break the fast breakfast, right? They also said that I need to eat a balanced meal for dinner. So of course, snacking in bed, binge watching TV, staying up to 1 a.m. weren't really helping me reach my goal, but I couldn't figure out where I was going to find the time to fit in more balanced meals and snacks throughout the day. Then these so-called professionals would utter the two words that make my skin crawl like literally makes me cringe. And those words are meal prep. No, I can't meal prep. No, I don't want to meal prep. I've tried it before and nothing makes me feel more depressed than carrying around leftovers all day. Like seriously, meal prepping to me is just another way to say carry around leftovers. 
And nowadays there's an entire culture out there devoted to meal prepping. Like some people devote their whole timelines and social media accounts to taking pictures of meals they made and they're perfectly proportioned in these tiny containers and decorated with a nice carrier bag. And if you're not careful, they'll have you believing that if you don't meal prep, then something's wrong with you. Or if you don't meal prep, you'll never see the results that you want to see. But here's a little piece of encouragement to those who are out there that are like me. Check out my Instagram transformation pictures. Every incremental change that I made was not for meal prepping. Matter of fact, I eat out about 85% of the time and 60% of that time, I'm not eating baked chicken, brown rice, and broccoli. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only kidding. I love baked chicken, brown rice, and broccoli, but you don't have to make your own food 100% of the time in order to see results. And you'll learn soon enough by listening to people that swear by meal prepping, they aren't really doing you a service because they're only recommending things that were, have worked for them, not necessarily what works for you and your schedule. But moving on, I ignored their meal prep advice because ultimately, unless I signed up for a meal delivery program service, there was no way I was on the board, on board with their suggestions. Like you just heard my schedule. I am out the door from my home from five, basically six to nine. And it just gets tough. It gets busy. And I don't prioritize meal prepping. And that's not really um, something that I want to adopt. So what did I do? Well, aside from ignoring these people <laughs> and their suggestions, I honestly just kept going harder in the gym, literally killing myself in the gym. I was in the gym seven days a week for an hour a day at minimum, at minimum. There'll probably be two or three days throughout the week where I'm there for two classes or even more. And that's a lot. Like, I thought surely the more effort I put in the gym would make up for my eating or lack of eating or whatever I was missing, whatever I was doing wrong, but eating is king. When I first knowingly decided to intermittent fast, I had no idea of all the health benefits. And I sometimes wish I would have learned about the benefits first. I went on Google, like many of us do, and searched fasting for weight loss in the search bar. And at that point, I've been fed up with spending countless hours in the gym day after day, busting my butt, not seeing the results. And at the end of the day, I still got to pick my belly up from sitting on my thighs because I need to check and see what color underwear I'm wearing. I know that's probably too, <laughs> that's probably TMI, but it just got so annoying and so frustrating. So after years of on again, off again dieting, I thought to myself, the only thing that I haven't tried is not eating. I've done the juicing, the fasting, the, the paleo, the pseudo-veganism, the cabbage soup diet, the what I like, everything. So I Googled um, people's experience with intermittent fasting in order to validate that 
I wasn't crazy for wanting to try this. Remember, I'm a snacker. I like snacking. I always have snacks at hand wherever I'm going. So I needed to make sure that once I started to not eat, that it was all going to be worth it because at this point I was desperate. I, I literally said, Jesus, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to have to be fat and happy because I can't keep doing this anymore. The one important thing I want to make sure that I mention is that while I was doing research, the one benefit that kept coming up, kept coming up uh, across doing research and looking up other people's story is that people kept emphasizing that you don't have to change what you eat. You just have to change when you eat. Well, that got my attention already because so many people are quick to tell you what you should be eating or what you should cut out. You know, first thing you do when you get on a diet or you buy a, a dietary book is, you know, they want you to go in your pantry and take out all the Oreos and, and gummy snacks <laughs> or go to the store and buy the entire produce section and you'll be out of a thousand dollars and you got to make this meal and it only lasts for seven days like craziness. But I've never heard of such an idea that never pressures you to change anything about the food you eat. So, of course, I'm like, yes, sign me up. And seriously, I can continue to eat and lose weight. So I didn't believe it at first. And I was like, well, I'm going to put this to the test because, you know, I like burgers, tacos, pizzas, cupcakes, muffins, all the things that people are telling you really not to eat. I was like, I'm going to put this to the test. Um, definitely assess your own diet to see if you have to cut out anything that's doing you more harm than good. But honestly, they are truthful when they say intermittent fasting does not require you to change your diet. And this is the sole reason that I decided to, to jump on board. So I started intermittent fasting back in November, December. And of course, when you're starting something new, you start off like full of zest and optimism and you feel like this is it. This is going to work. We're going to make it. And four hours into day one, I just knew I was starving. Like I felt like my stomach was eating itself from the inside out. Um, so I found a snack and I ate it. <laughs> and I felt, I felt horrible that I couldn't even make it like a day. That wasn't even half a day. That was like four hours. On day one, I didn't think I was going to make it to day two. Um, and on day two, I didn't think I was going to make it to day seven. And on day seven, I didn't even know how I was going to make it a month. Like, I honestly started to think that the people that I was getting my information from, those Google searches that I was telling you about, weren't serious. And they were probably like nibbling on snacks like me and versus, you know, Cheetos and, uh, and um, you know, raisins. They probably were, you know, eating protein bars and kale chips, but they were still snacking. So at that point, I convinced myself that small snacks throughout the day was okay. They weren't going to kill me. Like technically, I'm eating smaller portions I'm not binge eating so this thing should still work and that's not true like they weren't going to kill me the snacks weren't going to kill me but 
I knew that the guidelines for intermittent fasting was not the snacking that I was doing. I knew I was doing it wrong. And I think about two weeks in, I decided to get really serious. And in order to get really serious, I had to trick myself because I I was a snacker. So every day around the times that I would normally be snacking, I would find something to occupy my mind. I didn't care what it was, if it was starting a new project, picking up an old project, doing something that I probably put off to the last minute, calling a friend, making a list, scheduling an appointment, anything that I was like, boom, I need to do that so I can immediately stop thinking about food and picking up a snack. Um, That's exactly what I did. And I did that for three days straight. And by the fourth day, I noticed I didn't have any cravings for snacks. Like I felt like I can not, you know, proactively go searching for things to distract me and I didn't need to snack. And I also felt full right after eating lunch. So I did that for about two months and then two months turned into four months. Also, at this time, I want to let you know, I went from working at the at working out at um, my gym from seven days a week to maybe two days a week. And I felt awful because I'm actually one of those people that loves working out. Like I just love being active. I don't like to go no more than three days without doing something. And I take as many fitness classes as I could, but my schedule and my daughter's schedule at that point became so jam packed. I literally could not get myself to the gym during that week. I love my gym classes. So I went from having a really strict workout schedule to just getting it in when I could fit it in. And I think just to try to do something, because I didn't want to do nothing, I would work out for like 30 minutes on Monday and 30 minutes on Wednesday and maybe try to get an hour in on Saturday and an hour in on Sunday. And I couldn't beat myself up about it because, you know, schedules are what they are and I couldn't change it. So I just didn't want to jeopardize my weight loss. I just tried to do something. But going from seven days a week of rigorous advanced workouts to 30 minutes with some free weights in my basement was not my idea of a, of a plan. So that went on for about four months. And at that point, I started to notice I was losing fat, like real fat, not that up and down fluctuate between four to six pounds fat, like fat that I've been struggling with for years, fat from being pregnant, fat from eating out of control. My willpower was strong and my belly was going down. But how? Like intermittent fasting is the real MVP. And initially, all I did was change the hours that I eat. Honestly, I worked out less. I ate, still ate my my normal foods. And I've been able to accomplish so much in the last couple of months than I have with years of dieting and working out. So the bonus that I'm, I want to give you guys is going to make a huge difference. It made a difference for me, but I want you to try to cut out sugar like I did. I'm not a fraud for admitting that I cut out sugar because sugar was a huge weakness for me. Like they literally called me the cake monster because all I ate was sweet pastries. And 
it's not really healthy for anybody. I was ready to see changes and I didn't think I was going to see those changes by eating like whole cakes and cupcakes. And (laughs) so I cut out those things. I cut out candy. I cut out pop or soda. (laughs) Any piece of food that I ate had to have little to no sugar, added sugar. I know my body responds well to this. So I figured if I do intermittent fasting and I try to cut out some of this bad sugar, then I may be able to accelerate my results. But that's what I did in regards to my dieting. Since uh, being on intermittent fasting, I've shortened my eating window. At first, I was on 16-8 for months before learning about Warrior Method. And I have an episode where I talk about the different styles of intermittent fasting, but the warrior method is where you fast for 20 hours and you eat for eight. So for example, I would stop eating at 7 p.m., so seven at night, and then I start eating at three, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon the next day and repeat. And there's so many health benefits to intermittent fasting that I wish I would have done more research in the beginning rather than focusing on weight loss because it doesn't end there. I don't think I can ever go back to our culture's way of eating three to six meals a day. Of course, I used to eat this way because that is what we're continually told to do. And when you're continually told to to do a method like this, you you want to do it because it sounds like the gospel, eat six meals a day. But don't ever doubt that you can be successful with intermittent fasting. You just have to kind of get over your own hurdles and your own habits. My biggest hang up was when I first started, I didn't want to feel like I was starving. (laughs) I was actually really nervous about that. Um, As soon as I said the word fasting, like I immediately got hungry and needed to eat. Like the anxiety really kicked in. Um... So for those people that don't really understand about intermittent fasting, the simplest way I can put it is intermittent fasting is about duration and not deprivation. So here's the exact method that I'm doing now. I do a little bit of everything. (laughs) I am probably not the most strict um, intermittent faster that you'll meet for the most part. I do the warrior method for about three days, um, 16, eight for two days. And on the weekends, I'm on the just do as best as you can method. That's one reason that I love intermittent fasting is because it compounds your best efforts. So on those days where you feel like you just can't do it or an unexpected breakfast pops up, you don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to kill yourself in the gym, punish yourself in class um, to make up for the bad eating that you did over the weekend when you went out. You just pick back up the next day and keep it moving. So when I'm hungry, I eat and I'll adjust my eating window accordingly, but it's not even a big deal. So I just kind of go with the flow. I don't stress out about it. I just try to strive for 20 hours most of the week, but if I don't, um, then I do the 16-8 method. So wellness, wholeness, health is all unique to you. Everybody's body is different and everybody will respond to intermittent fasting differently. So despite what you may read or what you think you might know, always proceed with care and caution. 
you definitely don't want to do more harm than good, but also give your sense that you're, give yourself a chance to experiment and try out new things and try out new methods and invent your own way of doing things because you never know what will work for you until you try. The Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet. It is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding your own health and nutrition program. Hey there, I didn't go anywhere yet. I wanted to thank you guys so much for allowing me to tell my story about intermittent fasting, but I want to let you know that next episode is going to be fact-based, but you're going to want to tune in for this one because these few pieces of nuggets of information that I have to share with you guys were game changers for me. Um, definitely helpful, changed my outlook on intermittent fasting and just total health and wellness. And I want to make sure that you um, enjoy my story and sharing with you guys, but that you also get the information that you need in order to be successful with intermittent fasting or keto or whatever method that you're using in order to live just a happy, healthy life. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.